this is how we disable toxic masculinity. We need to kill all men. This pagan patriarchalism that is coming back out of the shadows. Feminists hate patriarchy. It's the woman that runs the show and the woman that runs the community and is the backbone of, of that area. I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. Patriarchy. Are you saying you have authority over me? Go eat your superior. I personally can't see why egalitarianism would be a bad thing. The assumption that wives should make babies instead of money is part of the patriarchy. Don't say hi to strange women you don't know. Patriarchy. The patriarchy. 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 Unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor those habitually drunk, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 10. You are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, and you are listening to The Patriarchy. My name is Tony Dapani, and I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Joseph Randall Spurgeon. Woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. Joseph, what kind of fine sandwich are you eating this fine day? To be honest with you, it's not a very good one. Is it ever? No, I mean, usually I have, like, good ones, like my wife will fix one, or, you know, I get one at a restaurant or something. I don't remember the last time you actually ever had your wife fix the physical sandwich in this segment, but okay. Okay. No, I mean, I've had steak sandwiches and stuff like this, but this was, you know, this is one of those ones you get at the gas station. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you can find a rare jewel, but, yeah. You know, now, I don't know why I got it at the gas station. I'm not driving, because, I mean, gas is too much. That's true, yeah. So, but uh, there's a gas station near, and I walked by, and I, I walked to it. Okay. And so, walked to the gas station, got me one of those sandwiches, and then I was like, walking outside, and they were doing some construction work on the, kind of the side of the road. Okay. All right. All right. Got my sandwich, looking down, and they've kind of torn up a little piece of like the 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 road, the asphalt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's happens. like this yeah. little square of it so I picked that square up and just kind of tucked it under my arm and, and was walking and I was like I don't know it just seemed like I'm going to take this with me okay <laughs> yeah so then we went down and there was this like like a it was like a bar so I was kind of thirsty had my sandwich it's a bit real hot outside you know yeah. how hot it is yes right? it is yes. it's like 100 degrees man yeah it's nasty so anyways I uh, went into the to the bar carrying my sandwich and my, my little piece of asphalt okay <laughs> yeah and so I went in there and I got a drink and uh, well I went to the bartender and I said hey uh, give me a, a beer and, and one for the road <laughs> uh, 
The payoff was so not good on that one. <laughs> oh, you could you yeah, have the, the you, road because I had a piece I of the know, road. With I know. I know. Stop explaining it. It's only worse when you explain. Yeah. So, so that's not. You know, I'd say that's one of your worst, but it, it's not because it's not cringy enough to be one of your worst. It's just uh, the payoff. The payoff wasn't. It wasn't really there. It was. I was trying to take it to the streets. This one. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That made it slightly better. Oh, well, right. okay. Well, um, I don't. I don't have a sandwich uh, for this one. Um, you never do, anyways. You always make them up and make them sound really good. And I do not. My sandwiches are not made up. How? How dare you? <laughs> you always make them up. Your wife. You've always talked about how your wife goes out and milks the cow. No, no, and get, you're the one who talks about how my wife. No no, 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 no. You're the one who talks about how my wife goes out and does all. And that you're telling me that's not true. I can neither confirm nor deny um, whether or not <laughs> we have actual cows. And, uh, yeah, no. no but, All right, so know, what's, what's the, this non-sandwich that you're having the things then? That, the things that I eat are at least real, okay? You're, you, you don't even have – you have pieces of road. I had a sandwich from the gas station. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. Well, mine mine actually I, – I, it's kind of, uh, kind of fun. So mine is actually a, uh, a taco salad. Um, but it's from a nice family at our church. They they brought us because uh, our baby was born not long ago, so we were kind of put on a kind of a email chain for getting food or whatever you want to call it to sign up for that. And uh, so she brought it over, and it had lots of uh, it said lettuce and meat and cheese and salsa and all sorts of stuff. It was it was fun. It was good stuff. What's and there's a, you have like a Spanish service at your church? I have a what? A Spanish, a Spanish service at your church. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or do these sure. people just go to the normal English service? They can speak English. Yes, we we speak English. At, no, at the people church. that brought you the tacos. Oh. Where, where in Mexico are they from? Um, they don't have their green cards yet, so I, I can't I can't tell you that. Um, oh, sorry. okay. Yeah, sorry, I can't say that. No, no hablo foreign language. So yeah, but anyway, it, good, I was just hoping they weren't culturally misappropriating the food to feed to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Pablo and his wife brought everything over to us. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, fans, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the previous episode, please go back and listen to that because it's kind of a continuation, in a way, of, of a topic we've been talking about, which uh, during Pride Month is, uh, surprise, uh, homosexuality. So, last week we kind of, I don't know, what do, what do you want to call it? Reviewed, reacted, responded... All of we those. did a reaction. That was our first reaction it's episode. Kinda, yeah, we no, reacted true. to a video. The, the patriarchy, patriarchy reacts. reacts. There you go. <laughs> React. Usually the patriarchy show. doesn't react. It's everybody else reacting to the, the patriarchy. To us. This is true. Oh, that'd be a great show. It's just uh, just us. Going everybody out. else reacting to just, the patriarchy. Yeah, just us going out talking to people, and you know, it's kind of yeah. No, so so last week, I actually I think that was it was unexpected. So if you haven't listened to it, and you go back and listen to it. We we've never done a react. Uh, episode. We didn't actually plan on doing it. Um, we, we just thought we were going to kind of comment and chuckle a bit on this one video, but it actually turned kind of dark and serious along the way there. But I think it, it ended up good. We had a lot, I think, of good things to say on that. But this week, we were going, we're going to do this week what we were supposed to do for the second half last week. Which is react to another video. <laughs> 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 this is true. <laughs> yeah, um... Partially, yes. Actually, we were going to react to another video. Now, I don't know necessarily that um, 
we're going to dissect this quite as much as uh, we did that last one because this is partially a work of fiction. But to be fair, uh, it may be a work of fiction, but the things said in it are things that uh, we've we've heard people say routinely. So, all right, so let's uh, cat cat out of the bag, or however you want to say it. Um, it's a clip from the show The West Wing. If anybody remembers that show, I don't remember what channel it was on, but it was a very big, very popular show. And uh, this is a clip of uh, the president on the show talking, and he's uh, responding to this uh, this one woman here. So we're gonna um, we're gonna get into this. Uh, hey, you know what? We need an intro for this, and I can think of no better intro, even though it's fiction, than. Great speeches in political history. All right, let's get into it. You know, with so many people participating in the political and social debate through call-in shows, it's a good idea to be reminded every once in a while. <clears throat> it's a good idea to be reminded of the awesome impact, of the awesome impact. So for context here, since this is not a video podcast, um, he's in a room surrounded by, it looks like, quite a bit of advisors. And there's this one woman who is sitting down while everybody else is standing. And he keeps looking at her, and he looks rather uncomfortable. And you'll find out why in a second here, and he's going to address her. I'm sorry. Uh, you're Dr. Jenna Jacobs, right? Yes, sir. It's good to have you here. Thank you. The awesome impact of the airwaves and how that translates into the furthering of our national discussions, but obviously also how it can, how it can, forgive me, Dr. Jacobs, are you an MD? A PhD. A PhD? Yes, sir. In psychology? No, sir. Theology? No. Social work? I have a PhD in English literature. I'm asking because on your show people call in for advice and you go by the name Dr. Jacobs on your show and I didn't know if maybe your listeners were confused by that and assumed you had advanced training in psychology, theology, or healthcare. I don't believe they are confused, no, sir. Good. I like your show. I like how you call homosexuality an abomination. I don't say homosexuality is an abomination, Mr. President. The Bible does. Yes, it does. Leviticus. 18.22. Chapter and verse. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions while I had you here. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery, as sanctioned in Exodus 21-7. She's a Georgetown sophomore, speaks fluent Italian, always cleared the table when it was her turn. What would a good price for her be? While thinking about that, can I ask another? My chief of staff, Leo McGarry, insists on working on the Sabbath. Exodus 35-2 clearly says he should be put to death. Am I morally obligated to kill him myself, or is it okay to call the police? Here's one that's really important, because we've got a lot of sports fans in this town. Touching the skin of a dead pig makes one unclean. Leviticus 11.7. If they promise to wear gloves, can the Washington Redskins still play football? Can Notre Dame? Can West Point? Does the whole town really have to be together to stone my brother John for planting different crops side by side? Can I burn my mother in a small family gathering for wearing garments made from two different threads? Think about those questions, would you? One last thing. While you may be mistaking this for your monthly meeting of the ignorant tight-ass club, in this building, when the president stands, nobody sits. 
And oh, there we man. have it. Let's un- This is not a great pack. speech in political history or television history or anything. Uh, well, t- to be fair, um, I don't think we've ever had a great speech when we preface it with that uh, that intro. But yeah, that's a that's a hmm. I think this is actually like this is you know like this is the required viewing for the the evangelism class for all atheists. <laughs> you know, I've talked about this once. Like if you. Yeah. There's some class that atheists take, I think. Or Athe- and you said and, it was atheist Sunday school, I think, on the last episode or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think this is like the required reading. Look how he owns this woman. She's clearly she's clearly uh upset because he's quoting Old Testament laws to her and and so the whole point of what he's doing is like you're just picking and choosing. And isn't that the the accusation you get? So if you go and you speak out about homosexuality, you're picking and choosing. You're 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 picking parts of the Bible so you can attack people. But what about these other parts that you ought to that you're ashamed of? Yeah. yeah. So although I, I I will say I'm in although I guess this is a work of fiction because uh, normally you don't see people that actually have the chapter and verse. When they come at you with that, they usually just kind of toss all the arguments because they read it on a website. But I think yeah, it's no, just... and no president either. I, I I seriously doubt the president has. I mean, wh- wh- who was president when this thing came out? Like George Bush? Oh boy, that's a good question. Or um, Bill Clinton? I doubt um, either of them could memorize memorize it. I don't know who was president. That'd be interesting to see. That'd be interesting Maybe it was Obama, Barack Obama. Even still, he he did. Remember when he said something similar to this? Yeah, what was it? I I refresh my memory because I remember there was something he went off on. But I'm pretty sure he copied this speech somewhere. It was (laughs) it was it was very very similar. Uh, That'd be the first time. Yeah, that is. I guess the question is, you know, are you picking and choosing? What do we do here, man? What do they do with these verses that are like, you know? the Bible defends slavery. The Bible says that you, the people that break the Sabbath are to die. And, and what, what, what other thing that he pulled out? Oh, mixed fabrics and mixed fabrics. Um, mist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, oh, there's uh, shellfish. Shellfish. Yeah. That's always the big one. Mixed yeah, fabrics and shellfish. shellfish. Oh my. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like the wizard of Oz only. <laughs> I know. Atheist edition. <laughs> the atheist edition of wizard of Oz. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, where do we want to start with this? Well, I mean, I, I think we just start with simply just laughing at it. Well, I think we've done that. Um, I mean, on, but I'll, seriously, yeah. Uh, it, it's like the people say that think that they've somehow discovered something. Oh, I know. Like, aha! We figured it out, and. All you got to do is recognize Christianity has been practiced for two millennium mm-hmm. or more, actually, because we believe the Old Testament yeah, more. were yeah. Christians. So we're talking about like four millennium or more, six millennium, however, however old creation goes back till, till now, our faith has been practiced. And even in the New Testament era, 2000 years, the church has been against homosexuality. It's pointed to scriptures, both old and new. And it's dealt with these passages. So when people come, they come with their their ignorance. And it's 
you know, the Bible talks about in Romans chapter one, that God gives them over. They do not give thanks to God. They do not worship him as God. And even though they know they should. And he gives them over to foolish thinking. And this is part of that. You notice on this clip, you mentioned that with, uh, you know, they don't give thanks to God. And I, I thought it was interesting at the end of that clip that the, really his point at the end of that, to put her down completely with her views and, and the Bible and everything, was basically to tell her that you're going to stand in my presence. Kind of like, you know, he, he clearly here, or at least this character, I should say, but possibly the uh, the actor clearly thinks he's he's better than her, better than God, and knows better. So I just thought that was, I think that was a writing, intentional writing on their part. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like he, he's the the state, yeah. and Christians need to be put in their place yep. and submit to the um, state on yep. this. State's God, yeah. Yep, submit to God, and he's God. And so he's able to mock the scriptures and then it's cringe as you watch this. Like if you go look at the, the comments on YouTube, which you never want to look at. <laughs> no, I, I everybody's like, Oh, this to. is so good. This really changed my life and all. And you just, you just watch it. It's so cringe. Mm-hmm. Like it's cringe when like he tells her to stand up and she like acting and you just feel like, yeah, this is the most preachy thing on television. They're condemning preaching, but this is like super preachy. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's not a novel thing, um, but they they try to make it that, and and it's also very one sided. Usually, they don't ever allow any kind of uh, interaction with that. But yeah, it's not like what's she going to say back? She that he's going to actually want to hear the answer. Right. Basically, what this is, and I've seen this lately from when I've spoken out on like social media or gone to gay pride things is homosexuals want to come up to you and they want to a tell you what you're supposed to believe about the Bible and how you've gotten it wrong and how, you know, we dealt with that a little bit last week. Yes, there was yeah, we the, the, the conspiracy. And I think we're going to deal with an article about that continues that here in a minute, but yeah. so they want to tell you you're wrong on what the Bible says and what Christian teach. And on top of that, it doesn't matter because the Bible doesn't mean anything. We don't believe the Bible was just written by men. Right. Which is like, well, why do the first part? Just skip to the chase. <laughs> yeah. Which what they're, they're doing actually is. They actually are in, in one sense, they're foolishly not even realizing it, acknowledging that the Bible is authoritative. Mm-hmm. That God's word has to be dealt with. And when God's word says this, they're, they're trying to find a ways around it. Now, the m- newer kind of uh, arguments are, like we said, the conspiracy that the Bible never really condemns homosexuality. And so, uh, like, I shared a post, uh, like, on my social media with, like, it was uh, Facebook had this, um, I think it was from last year, actually, this banner where you're like this little character that looks supposed to look like you waves a gay flag and stuff. Oh yeah. Little gay Joseph. I remember seeing him. And I, uh, <laughs> I took that and then I put Bible verses or yeah. other th- sayings over top of it. And so one was Leviticus. And so, like I said, I had a bunch of these people with a conspiracy theory kind of thing, which actually the video we, t- we did last time, strangely enough, rebutted that while also still excusing homosexuality. Mm-hmm. But, so what's funny is somebody shared that 
into like this hate group, this, uh, you know, it's some group mocking pastors and Christians. Is that your post they shared? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And so I got a lot of comments and stuff from people just trolling, but I went and looked where they shared it. And they, they shared it saying, look at this pastor. Doesn't he know? It was basically, doesn't he know that the Bible doesn't even condemn homosexuality and all that? And then like the first comment or the second comment was like, nah, it really does. The Bible really does <laughs> condemn it. But you know what else? And then yeah, it brought up mixed fabrics and slavery and the Sabbath and yeah. uh, excusing rape or something like that. All the, the, the silly things. And so there was this back and forth between two unbelievers that don't even believe the Bible about what the Bible said on homosexuality. It was just hilarious to watch because neither of them believe it. But here they are, probably not even knowing that I can see it, arguing on a post of mine on a different subgroup about what the Bible says. I know. It is it is insane how much they will time they will devote to it um, when they claim they don't even believe it. It's like when the uh, the ex-evangelicals say, I'm done with Christianity, and then their <laughs> next three books are on Christianity. <laughs> right, yeah. That's all they can do. They got to host a podcast well, about like, it. I'm everything. deconstructing, but I kept all the pieces, and I'm going to build something else and continue to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. So so, anyways, that's kind of dealing with all the around things. So how do, how do you deal, Tony? What do we do with these arguments? Is there any substance to their arguments that we're picking and choosing? There, well, I do think some people do pick and choose. I mean, to be fair, I think there are some people that will pick and choose some things like that. Um, trying to think of some good examples of that off the top of my head. But um, I, I mean, because what I mean is I think there are uh, perhaps well-meaning Christians that will take a, you know what I mean? Like they have this verse and they'll just bring that out there. And although to be fair, that's a lot of times the same verses. So it's, you know, judge not and things like that. But they oh, don't yeah, yeah. The There's some picking yeah. and choosing verses like God is love. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, so the, yeah, usually the picking and choosing is on the half of those who are supporting homosexuality. That is that what you're getting at? Um, yeah. Or I think more what I'm getting at is some of the some Christians who would use a verse like that to almost deflect. So they don't want to. They they want to just concentrate. Well, the God's God's just love now. He was. He was all wrath in the Old Testament, but he's just love now, that kind of thing. Not quite Andy Stanley style where they unhitch the entire Old Testament, but sort of just like, well, that's just, that's all done with, and it's not relevant type deal. And they want, they kind of just want people to, let's all get along, you know, God's love now, yeah. that kind so of that, thing. Yeah, so. that's actually kind of, there's kind of the, the one of the responses to this accusation from this uh, video and from this thing of picking and choosing, well... We're ashamed of the Old Testament, so that means we unhitch from it. We we only operate in the New Testament. None of these passages, they were all Old Testament, and yeah, we kind of agree with you. They're all kind of bad, and, but thank, thank God we don't live in that time anymore. And so the New Testament came and changed that. Yeah. Is that what you're getting at? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of the, the mentality I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, and so that's a wrong answer to do this. Jesus said, I don't think that I came to abolish the law. Yep, to fulfill it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and you know, the one who t teaches you to break even one of the least of the commandments is 
is least in the kingdom. Well, and then you have to contend with the verses about God never changes. So, yeah. So what do we do, though? Well, I mean, is there is there any change between the Old and the New Testament? Any any differences in Scripture's commands in the laws? And I think, obviously, we have to say yes, but not in a sense of, like, those were bad, these are good. Okay, keep going. But rather, what we see is, is, is not really a change as if God changes, but the purpose of certain commandments in the Old Testament have been, have finished. They've finished, they've completed. They've achieved what they were instituted Intended to, yeah. for. Yeah. So when you think of the ceremonial commands, what we call the ceremonial law in the Old Testament, uh, which can include, you know, things about the feasts, the sacrifices. Cleanliness. Um, what'd you say? Cleanliness. Yes, cleanliness. Even dietary restrictions mm -hmm. had a purpose. They were given to the Jewish people living before the time of Christ in a time in which God was revealing himself to them and pointing them to the hope of the Messiah. But the Messiah had not come yet. Jesus had not yet come. And it would sometimes be, you know, depending on where you lived in the Old Testament history, it could be a thousand years or more, two thousand years in your future. And so there's this reality of something that's going to come. And yet, how do we grasp that? How does a person grasp that when they're being taught things about God and God's revealing it over multiple generations about himself and pointing all to Jesus? Well, he knows that people need helps. And so he institutes this system among his people in the Old Testament to help them to be able to somehow since the grace of God revealed to them in Jesus. And so they have the sacramental system, the sacrificial system, um, this rigorous law, which is like a taskmaster or, or, or a tutor pointing them to Christ of uh, the ceremonial law. Like even the, um, the, the cleanliness laws, like the, the food, the dietary restrictions, all these things were to keep, it was to teach these things, these people, many different things, including about being separate from the Gentiles around them, not engaging in the, the Gentile practices and to be holy and unique as a people set apart and to recognize that they need Christ to cleanse them to make them whole in every way possible because sin, Adam and Eve's sin, makes everything dirty. Mm -hmm. And uh, our souls are stained by the, the stain of sin. And these cleanliness laws, these ceremonial laws, taught the people of God and still teach us now as we read about them, about our need for a Savior our need for Christ and how he cleanses us in the new Testament with the coming of Christ, their purpose has been done away with God's people now had the substance. They now had the very uh, person that they'd been looking forward to. And all these things had been pointing to, and they had him, they could see him with their own eyes while he was there on earth. And then he dies on the cross. He completes salvation. He completes the promises he completes all of it with his death, burial, and resurrection. 
and that he ascends into heaven. And so actually he still knows that we're sinners and we need help. And so he still institutes for us some tangible things. We have baptism, which is this outward sign and the Lord's supper, another outward sign to do with food. But, uh, we need less of those things than they did in the Old Testament because we have the teaching of Christ. We have the Bible. And uh, so those ceremonies have been abrogated, or if you want to say they've been fulfilled. Yes. And if you if, yeah. if you don't start with that, then you'll never be able to understand well, the difference between shellfish and <laughs> homosexuality. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you saying that it is kind of funny that people will bring those two things up in the same sentence, uh, as if they're they are really are almost equating it um, with each other. But yeah, yeah, I think um, actually, tell us, tell our listeners a bit maybe about experiences you've had because you you've gone to quite a bit of the pride parades um, and doing uh, evangelism out there. But I'm sure you have various different kinds of people that come up to you. Um, but I'm thinking of the people, are there people that are at least somewhat receptive to that? Cause I find there are people kind of like this West wing video, right. That come up and they really just, they don't want to have a dialogue. They, they've made up their mind. They want to just rage against God. They want to put you down, uh, because you belong to him. But then I have to imagine that from time to time, there are other people that God has softened their heart and that they are maybe have never heard that before, because that is, I mean, I'm trying to be gracious here too, but there there are a lot of believers I think that may not have even even thought that through, um, especially in the West, um, and that may be where, in part, some of this comes out into the culture uh, because people can't explain that. P- possibly like this this fictional lady in the uh, in the YouTube video. But so, do you have any experiences where you've been able to somewhat explain that to a person, and and it's just maybe they've never heard it before? Yeah, that's a good question. So you know, like. The question really is, as, is there anybody willing to actually sit down and talk through these things? Right, yes. Because truth is, is uh, uh, sometimes takes time. They can't always be condensed down to little memes or phrases like that. And so, yes, the answer is yes. And I'm, I'm going to come back to your question in just a second. But there okay. was one thing I left off I wanted to say real quick, and then okay. I'll come back to that. Because I wanted to make clear a distinction between those ceremonies and God's moral law. Right. And yes. the moral law, the moral law of God is tied to his very character. Mm-hmm. Like shellfish and those commands are what we might even call like positive commands. They're not necessarily tied to his moral character in, 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 in the same way that thou shall not kill is. Uh, there, There's a... Um, there could be some moral teaching behind the shellfish stuff, which we've already said, which is like being clean and pure, meant to teach you something. But thou shall not kill doesn't really have anything to teach you other than thou shall not kill. kill. <laughs> and it does teach you that God is the giver of life, that we have to protect life. Well, and that the people are creating his image and that matters. And yeah. Yes. And then I guess you, then another thing to do say is that we are pointed again to Christ in God's moral law. So that when we see thou shall have no other gods, honor your father and mother, thou shall not commit adultery or thou shall not covet or, uh, you know, 
remember the Sabbath day. These are moral laws that come from God's moral character and who he is. And so um, we also see that we fail at these, and that drives us to Christ. Because when we fully understand God's moral law, not just an outward practice, but that it gets down into your bones and your soul, man, it leaves you undone. Yes, And that's what we're doing. That's what the same deal when you see it as like God's deal with homosexuality. Because it, it's not ceremonial. It's not merely during, de- dealing with ways to point you to Jesus as if like a sign or something like that, a symbol. Rather, it's going back to the very created order that God made male and female and it commanded to be fruitful and multiply. And so it deals with the very moral character of God. It deals with the fact that there's order in the universe and that God created things with an order and with a purpose and not just what's Jeff Durbin always say, just start us, baby, bump it into each other, you know? Yeah. And so I think when you deal with the the, the shellfish and those questions, you just simply have to explain that as simply as you can, that like God's moral law, Stands, And the thing is, when you're talking to somebody, they know that. They know that the argument they just threw out was complete garbage. But they, it, it's like a, it's like a flares. It's like, a, you know, when those airplanes fly overhead and they're getting flack and they throw out flares mm-hmm. to try to distract. And that's what that is. And so at like gay pride things, believe it or not, the people that I've had the best conversations with and the deepest conversations are the ones who are actually homosexual and the ones who are not. And when I mean are homosexual, I should even clarify that. that I mean, those who practice it, practice it. Yeah. I, I don't even like to give people the identity identity as if it's like some inborn trait. Yeah. Yeah, it's not no, it's something right that right. they practice. And because they practice it, it can be called that. Yeah. Just as you might call somebody that practices stealing a thief. Mm-hmm. But, the people that are caught in that sin, I'm often able to have better conversations with than the ones who are the other ones who are give hearty approval. Or defending it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like there was that in, in Indianapolis one year, there was this girl and uh, a guy, and the guy was kind of dressed immodestly. I mean, he, he had like a fishnet shirt on or something like that, and he was like a, a twink which is like a skinny gay guy, blonde hair, trying to look young. And the girl was just like in our face, just yelling at us, screaming at us. And like, you guys are hateful. And when I tried to explain this, she didn't care. You're just picking and choosing. And even when I try to explain that, you know, <laughs> it's all just garbage anyways. And blah, 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 blah. And, you know, she throws a cup of water at one of us or something. And then she storms to the side and then the guy that was with her comes up and he's like I'm very sorry that was my sister Mm. (laughs) and she's just trying to defend me and so we got talking and he told me he's like he actually said to me I know that what I'm doing here is not right and I shouldn't even be here Mm. wow and by the end of the conversation he was basically just pray for me Hmm. and he had some humility about it um, I'm, I'm not saying when he said pray for me, he actually converted and was repentant. But right. but you, what I mean, it was like there's something there. Yeah, there was some humility. There was an acknowledgement that he knows what he's doing is not right. And um, so we've had conversations like that, like this past past event, which was not last Saturday, the Saturday before. 
there was a young man and again another girl and the 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 girl just kept interrupting i think she claimed to be a lesbian but she just kept she was so mouthy mm-hmm. whereas the guy was listening and i was just talking to him about you know you're 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 not going to find what you think is lacking in you in another man like your insecurities about your masculinity and feeling insecure as a man that God made you, you're not going to find that in another man. I've talked to so many people that practice homosexuality, sodomy, that get caught up in that, that they're just like, they're ate up with this desire to be a man. Yeah. And yet feeling inadequate about it. And, um, that's why you have, you have like gross distortions of it. Like you'll have like the whole, like the gay bear thing. Yeah. And, and for the people that are listening, that doesn't mean like a dude dressed up in a bear outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Though I, I wouldn't surprise if people did. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that the prayers are getting weirder. So, but usually it that. means trying to be very masculine. Some like, it's like some distortion characteristic of a Harley Davidson. Yeah. Like a, early lumberjack guy I guess it's kind of deal yeah. yeah and yet there's this sense of like inadequacy I had this friend for a long time and this was before I I was I wasn't as theologically educated hadn't thought through as well on this and so he you know he claimed to be a Christian and struggled with homosexuality and and uh, for a long time he never practiced but I, I didn't know enough to tell him you need to repent of not only your actions, but your thoughts and your mind. But I just remember how often he would talk about be feeling inadequate. Like he wanted to get married, but he never thought no girl would ever find him adequate. But then he ended up uh, just rejecting Christ out and, and diving into the homosexual world and acting on it as well and so um, it's not to make them into victims they are I mean they're victims of their own sin I guess if you want to put it that way but there's a sense of inadequacy feeling and so I was telling this this man at the uh, gay pride event about this like you know no man will f- fulfill you what you God made you to be a man and you have everything you need to do that and the only way you can really fulfill that is to be in Christ. Christ is the one that fulfills you. He's the one that can forgive your sins and bring you in and and actually take away the guilt and the and the just the what shame that you experience cuz cuz you know while they're out there they're proud and boasting. But when I talk to them I'm always like I know when you go home this evening and the pride festival's over and everybody's left you done you feel shame about this and you'll lay in bed and you'll feel shame. And then it's kind of like, you know, when people are addicted to like pornography too, like maybe even a straight person and then they, they watch the pornography and then they masturbate and then they feel like terrible. Mm-hmm. And then they make these vows and not do it again. And then suddenly they start feeling the draw of the temptation again until it overwhelms them and they commit it again because they haven't broke the cycle by looking to Christ and they're not killing the flesh. That's the same thing that's happening 
I mean, homosexuals are doing. And they, they often experience that cycle. Now, some don't. Some are just, you know, they've been so given over. They just have no shame. And that's so sad. But there's a reason why mental health issues are among the homosexual community. And it's not because of people who are opposed to them. That's the biggest lie ever. Yeah. Because people are opposed to things that I do, and it doesn't make me want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, it might make me angry at them. But yeah. just because somebody's opposed to what you do, actually, they feel the shame of it. They know it's shameful and it's degrading. It's disgusting, but they're going to be proud about it anyways, rather than repent. I mean, that's what sin does to us. We know it's wrong. We harden our hearts and we keep doing it. And sometimes that as we harden it, it, it brings that shame and that that disgust at our sin low. And we don't we don't really experience it's not active, but it's kind of like the the ball, the beach ball holding it underwater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there there's there's points, and if God God willing, if the Holy Spirit works in you, where that just floats out and there's nothing you can do about it. And the only option is either worldly grief, which often ends in like suicide attempts and depression and stupid or drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. covering it up. I mean, there's a reason why we live in a culture with people inundated with, with uh, trying to take meds to cover up guilt. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but so there's worldly sorrow you can have, or there's godly. So I don't know. That took a long time to answer that question, but (laughs) that's okay. I mean, there's, there's, I just think it's good for people to hear different, interactions that uh, people have had. I mean, I've had, there's interactions I've had or I've actually taken it a different route first where um, it seemed like the person was at least claiming that they were more interested in justice and what's right, you know, for the LGBTQ, whatever the acronym is, community. Um, And so I took it in a route of, you know, where does justice come from? Where is the standard of truth for that? kind of deal and it was interesting to find how that went because eventually it got to the point where and I was I was calm with it you know I'm not I'm not going to yell at them as I'm doing it I'm trying to bring them to a point where it's convicting to them and it did it got to this point where he realized that the standard for truth that, it, that there there is absolute truth that there has to be a god so we got to that point and then he realized that if there was a God, um, and we went through contradictions and other religions and things like that, and it was a lengthy conversation, but by the end, you could tell he was quiet. And he kind of, because I said, you know, so if there is a God, that means that you were made for a purpose. And if you were made for a purpose, that purpose is outlined in the Bible. And it's the same thing. And so we kind of took it full circle back to him raging against the Bible, and now going back to like him kind of having this realization that, Oh goodness! If there, if I think justice is good, that means there has to be an absolute truth. And if there's an absolute truth, that means God exists. And if God exists, um, then the Bible is true, which was the very thing that I was angry at. Um, now I never got a chance to talk to him again, but I did give him some materials and things as he walked away. But it was interesting to see that man. Kind, of, it's almost like you could see the cracks 
happening as the conversation went. And again, I wasn't approaching this guy, just like you, I'm not approaching this conversation to win a debate. Um, I think that's something probably, well, hopefully it goes without saying to our listeners, but maybe not. Some people do go out and do street preaching and evangelism, and they kind of concentrate on, oh, I have to have every answer for everything, and I have to out-debate this person type deal. And if that's your if that's your uh, motive going out doing street evangelism, then please don't go out right now. But um, my motivation for this man was to bring him to a point where he realized his need for God, and God helped me do that, and I think he did. I mean, I hope to this day that uh, he's repented and that he's been made new, but it, it was almost a bittersweet thing to witness. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense to you. Maybe you've seen kind of thing. It's, it, you know, you see this sadness um, without repentance, and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to watch that because you watch this person realize th- that they do understand that there is a God who made them and that this God made them for a purpose, and this is the purpose they're rebelling against, and that they hate his word, but they can't get around it, and now they realize they need him but they don't want him. And that's a hard thing to watch happen. Um, and of course, God's the one who softens their heart and saves them. You know, sometimes we don't always get to see that, um, but it is hard to watch sometimes that conviction that happens there. But you're you're nodding your head, so go ahead if you have comments. On no, that. I'm just going to say sometimes it's like the the, the rich young ruler. Hmm. Yeah, that, no, that's a, you know, He that's came a to Jesus point. and was like, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? And then, and then Jesus tells him, you know, you know the commands. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, keep them all. <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah. so he boasts because he outwardly, you know, he mm. never murdered anybody. I'm a good person. Yeah. And that's the whole pride thing, right? So so many people were, are going to pride events and they're like, well, this is a, this is a good person. You know, like they're, I, they keep it in their bedroom. I don't watch. I don't have to see, you know, I, some of it's, you know, there's this whole facade now. And I've noticed like they've changed a lot too. When we go to pride events, it used to be a lot more lewd and there's some that are really lewd, but they've been working hard, at least some of the ones local here to really rein that in. Yeah. I, I think mean, the smaller like, towns, especially. Yeah. It's still gross yes. and lewd in yes. the sense that it meant, but it's not like, this sounds weird to even say, but like this last <laughs> one was tame comparably. Comparably. Yeah. But, um, where was it going? Oh, so anyways, you don't see that they put on the nice smile. And so you think these people are nice. They're good. They're good people. There's nothing wrong. And so when somebody comes and says, this is sin and they start talking about heaven, they start talking about hell and Christ. It's like, what are you people doing? You're nuts. Like these are good people. Right. Well, none of us are going to hell. Go somewhere. They're just having fun. And they're go down to the place where the gangs are and talk to them or drug dealers or stuff, right? You know, it's like yeah, I've heard that, yeah. where the really bad people are. Because, you know, we're not that bad. We're not as bad as drug dealers. And the drug dealers are like, we're not as bad as the rapists. And we're not as bad <laughs> as the... And the rapists are like, we're not as bad as the pedophile. And the pedophile is like, I'm not as bad as Adolf Hitler. And Adolf Hitler says, I'm not as bad as Planned Parenthood. <laughs> right? There's always somebody worse. Right. And... Jesus, with that rich young ruler, makes the point of like, well, okay, there's one thing you kind of lack. 
you, you said you kept all these things, but uh, you need to go and sell all you got and, and give it to the poor and then come follow me. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus was doing is he's not laying this thing down saying that like every person's got to sell everything they have and give it to poor people. Right. Because what would the poor people do once they had it? Are they supposed to? Who would they give it to? Like it's just a they big turn. Con- well, they turn around and sell it and give it back to you because this, you're now poor. This is because if we remember right, Jesus was a communist and it just belongs yeah, to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so we do care for the poor and that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. no, Jesus was pointing the finger, putting the finger right on the spot where this man's sin was, and the man's sin was that he loved the things of this world more than he loved Jesus, and so. <laughs> The, the the really the the that actually the problem with the rich young ruler is that he wasn't wealthy enough. Mm. That is, he thought true wealth is contained in the things of this world, and he missed out on the infinite riches of heaven. Mm, that's for sure. That are in Christ, and so he in one sense is like a kid who has a. Uh, you know, there's a kid that's got like a matchbox car toy that's uh, all scraped up and broken up. And you're asking him, hey, give that to me and come with me. And and, and like, I'm going to give you this nice big remote control car. And it's super cool. But he's like, no, because he can't imagine that what you're going to give him is better. So he clings tight to that screwed up little matchbox car where the wheels falling off and all that stuff. That's what the rich young ruler was. Like he, he held on to the things of the world and, and missed out on the true wealth. And Jesus put the thing, the finger on it. And then he walks away. He walks away in sadness. Yeah. Because he also recognizes he loves his sin yep. more, more than Christ at that point. And yeah. what a sorrowful thing. It is. It's a hard, and, hard story to read. And that's what I'm like. Sometimes we see out at the pride events or even when we're just preaching other places or even in church, you know, like, and I, even with ourselves, we make that compromise. Like God holds up the, the glories of infinite riches to us. And we say, nah, not good enough. So you talk about that little boy with the matchbox car. It's more like little boy with a matchbox car hanging onto his matchbox car when you're going to give him NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. he's not even having a, he doesn't even have the matchbox car. He's got like a, a, a he's got the box. <laughs> he's got the box that he, that he dug it out of the trash. <laughs> you know, it, it like it it's makes... got garbage juice on the box. <laughs> you know, like you know that juice from the garbage bag. Yeah. It's oh, on the box. Yeah. The nasty stuff. <laughs> it's a, uh, that's a raccoon drink. Um, yeah. It makes me recollect sometimes that have you ever been, evangelizing somebody and and that person have you ever gotten to the point where where you see it in their face and i mean there's points where i've seen it in their face that they understood and i've said to them you know what i'm saying is right don't you and the hardest thing to hear is them to say i just can't and then walk away like and that's like the the rich young ruler it it's he knew he knew and yet I feel like the you know the contrary to that is when when presented with you know Jesus was giving him this opportunity to repent and gain everything, and so yet he held on to this this little this not little but the sin 
I guess compared what I meant by little is comparative to what he was going to get. This this thing he held on to it and walked away, and it made me think of uh, uh, Isaiah. I think it was Isaiah, right? Who who when um, God came to him and he said, "Woe, you know, woe is me. I'm a man undone. I'm a man of unclean lips." I feel like that's that's the reaction when God presents us with our sin is to not cling to it, but to just be like, "I'm I am unholy. Like I am I am unclean. I am unholy." I cannot do this, you know, and repent of your sin and turn from it. Um, I, it just makes me think that over the years as I've done evangelism, and I, I don't know about you, I'll speak for me, but starting out, I was more along the lines of, you know, I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to know all the arguments. I wanted to be able to answer everybody. I wanted to come away winning those arguments. But as God softened my heart more and more. And as I saw more and more people that were lost, um, I think it really was just, if I really looked in the mirror every morning and looked at myself and, and understood how sinful of a man I am and hated my sin, it made me feel pity and compassion for people that are lost. And, and to be fair, we're not saying that this is a minor sin that we're talking about. It's not a minor sin. I mean, this we've talked about it numerous times and it's worth saying again, but this destroys not just people's souls, but their bodies while they're here. It destroys other people. It, 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 it's a horrible, horrible, wretched sin um, that is unlike other sins. And so we're, we're not trying to downplay that. And like Joseph just said, uh, we're not trying to play victim status other than the fact that, in, in an essence, like you said, we are victims of our own sin. Um, but we choose that. But to have compassion enough to engage with somebody at a pride parade or somebody that's a homosexual or somebody that's defending homosexuality um, because it, it is becoming more and more rampant um, as our culture tries to continue to rebel against God, as our culture tries to cling to its sin. And it's, it's, it's destroying people. And it's, it's very, very hard to watch if you really love these people. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think, how do we now? So we've, we've talked about all this. We've, we've dealt with some of the arguments and we, we dealt last time with false teachers on this. And now I, you know, I just feel like where we've gone with this again is to think about our own hearts in this, mm -hmm. because all the same tendencies of pride and, and, and sin are in our own hearts, right? The, to, to exchange God, the glory of God for the things of the creation. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens in homosexuality. God created them male and female, said fruit be fruitful and multiply. And we say no. Our culture says no. People say no to that. They don't give God thanks for being a man. And so they exchange God and start worshiping the creation, start worshiping man and woman. And homosexuality is, you know, Paul chose to point to that as like the you know, quintessential example of that. And yeah, there's a bunch of sins afterwards and it's pretty much the root of them all, right? We exchange the glory of God, the riches that we could have in Christ for bunk and we all do it. And so we all have pride. We're all, we all participate in pride month. Hmm. And so maybe as we think about this and we, and I think you have to, we have to stand up. Christians have to be bold to be against homosexuality because we love 
people ensnared in that because we love our people, our nation, because we love God and his glory, most importantly, and because we've repented of our own sins. So, you know, what sins have we committed that lead to these things and that we engage in, right? I don't go and I'm not lusting after men, but my sexual sins are wicked uh, of lust of women that aren't my wife. My, I have pride in my own sins and there's things that I love in the world more than I do God. And so it's like, God help us. We all need to be humble. Yeah. Otherwise you just keep adding letters on the end of that LGBTQ, (laughs) whatever your sin is, put it at the end of that. Yeah. And then get a flag and float it around because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, right? Like, that's what. That's why this is so. It's almost one sense to think of it. This giant mirror on everybody in our country saying, "This is you're boasting in these sins." Well, you've been boasting in all kinds of sins, and I, I think if one thing I want to tell our listeners and and myself and all of this is that. Use this month to proclaim God's glories and truth to those outside, but to yourself as well, to proclaim repentance. And don't be the young, rich ruler either, right? Don't be those that maybe you don't stand out in a gay pride event, but we're we're proud. And so one of the ways to fight gay pride, fight pride month, is to deal with it in your own heart and then to be able to help others. Yeah. One of the things I, I guess I'll end with here is one of the things I've seen, and we're all guilty of this, but um, in our country in particular, is folks on the right, Republicans, conservatives, whatever you want to call them, um, we we tend to really like to point out things at times that are rightfully right to point out that are wrong, but we don't, we kind of end there. Um, I, I guess a good example of this, and to be fair, I haven't watched the entire thing yet, but from what I've heard from people that I know... Uh, what is a woman from Matt Walsh? Okay, so I, from what I heard, it's a good documentary. Points out a lot of things that are wrong, but um, from what I heard, I think Jerry Doris is one who said, but it, it lacks it lacks an answer. It lacks the gospel, and I feel like we're we can't we can't forget to leave that out or to forget to put that in. We can't leave it out. So <laughs> I was I was jumbling my words there for a minute. We can't forget to leave it out. Um, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I see that a lot. There's a lot of people that, yeah, you know, abortion's wrong. Like, but why? You know, why is abortion wrong? What is the answer to that? You know, it, 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 if you just think the answer is making it illegal, which I think we should, um, that, that, that doesn't go the whole way. You know, we need to have national repentance. But the same thing with homosexuality, you know, to say, well, I, you know, marriage between a man and a woman, that's correct. But why? And, you know, what is marriage? What does marriage mean? What does it point to? What's it a symbol of? Why not explain those things? Um, so that all being said, I mean, that's something that over the years I, I've been convicted of and I've tried to do a better job on is not just point out what's wrong, but give an answer to it and point people to Christ. And uh, so that's, I guess, pride in my life is, you know, just wanting to be right on things and um, having to make sure that not only you're right, but you're right for the right reasons and you point people to the right thing. All right, well. And do it right now. And do it right now. There you go. Um, (laughs) 
Well, that episode took a took took a that took a good turn, but it wasn't quite where I thought we were going. But I think this was good. Um, if if you feel listener, if you feel this was uh, a good episode, uh, give it a like on our social media, share it around. Um, that's something I really want to start asking uh, you listeners to do more is uh, share our episodes with people, whether it be on social media or shoot a, a link in an email and you know give it to them or whatever you want to do, however you want to share it. Um, reason being is is that we. Uh, we had feedback on some episodes where people it's made a difference for them and i'd like to see that continue and really the only way for that to continue with people that have not heard our show is for you dear listener to uh let them hear our show so you know follow us on facebook instagram twitter gab whatever um and uh send uh send a link to a friend or family member um and yep i'm gonna bring it back up if you were not yet a fight laugh feast club member Come on, go be Fight Lefty's Club member. There, there's multiple tiers of membership. I know right now money can be tight with gas prices, you know, at, at the rate of gold, I think. Um, but there's a couple different tiers, so it should fit your budget, however it is. Um, but when you sign up, sign up with the code Patriarch if you want to support our show. It does help us. It helps us uh, be able to get more equipment, which we'd like to do. We'd like to do some wives episodes where we bring our wives on maybe, um, and we need more microphones for that, so that would be beneficial. So if you go to Fight Lefty's uh, dot com and sign up with the code patriarchy for any tier membership uh, we'd greatly appreciate it we also have another show called after the sandwich that's behind the paywall that we would think you will appreciate and enjoy it's a little more off format than the normal show and you get access to that with the membership too and, and if it's if gas money is really bothering you you can go out and get a piece of asphalt and carry it around <laughs> and then you could punch it and you can hit the road for free <laughs> oh and if you think there's jokes on this show, friends. You haven't you heard after the, the sandwich. Free, you have not heard after the sandwich. And the only way to do that is to become a member. Sign up with the Go Patriarchy. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. We hope this episode finds you well. So until next time, if you have not yet bowed your knee to Christ, repent and believe. And if you have, this is our call to you. Build, fight, protect, lead. This is the Patriarchy. <laughs> Thank you.